Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. So when you do vet someone, whether you're hiring or marrying or whatever, you're choosing a person in your life, all you can do is the best diligence that you can so that when they do disappoint you, because they will, it's within acceptable tolerances. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Disappointment is inevitable. You could even plot it on a graph with time on the x-axis and the likelihood of disappointment on the y. Given enough time, everyone you meet can be plotted on this graph. However, we have a choice when it comes to how we relate to disappointment. So to start this four-part series on managing disappointment, we'll discuss how people usually experience disappointment and how we can start bringing more awareness and intention to our relationship with disappointment. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I've got a couple ideas about what we could talk about today, but as is always the case, Margarita is here. Woohoo! She's late, but she's here. We'll take it. What do you guys want to talk about? I just came off a six-hour drive, so uh, I did a lot of thinking. So I have a lot to share, but if you have an agenda, go ahead and... No, my agenda is always secondary to yours. Much more, because if we talk about, if you guys go first, then what I say is going to be likely more relevant than if I just talk about what I was just thinking about while I brushed my teeth. Well, that that was basically what I was thinking about. You want to talk about teeth brushing? What a coincidence. (laughs) So uh, recently I have had a few life experiences that, that have, well, one really shocked me and the other one, Sort of made me question my judgment on people. Oh. Uh-huh. And from time to time, when I'm interacting with either uh, coworkers or people, I think to myself, since I've known you, what would Joseph do? <laughs> yeah, I ask myself that question a lot also. <laughs> and then today, during my little road trip, because of my recent life experiences here with a few people, I said to myself, who is Joseph? Do I really even know Joseph? I and I question that. question I ask. <laughs> if you don't mind, I can share a couple Please. life experiences. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. All right. So uh, my neighbor of nine years, we moved in. We, we bought a, a wooded lot, which was right behind his property, which he had a fence up that, that with a gate that led to this wooded property. Uh-huh. Uh, so I had a house built. We had a great relationship the whole nine years so far. I think they were a little bitter at at first. Great relationship. Thought I knew the guy. We help each other out often. 
you know, he's a good IT guy. He helps me out with my IT stuff. Uh, he's good with small mechanics. He helps out with that. Cool. So great, great relationship. But recently, he's made a couple alarming statements. And I never expected that of his character. So I've learned that he's, he's a racist uh-huh. by a few comments. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other factors. Uh, uh, one, on the 4th of July, he was setting off fireworks. Uh-huh. And his, his dog was getting in the way. And he said in front of a group of kids, get out of the way before I put a bullet in your head. <laughs> to his dog. Okay, so that was really alarming that he came out with that in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I know he carries a pistol. He recently got a pistol permit. About two years ago, I got an application in the ma- mail to vouch for him. <laughs> and I did not. Was that before but, or after the July 4th incident? Oh, well before, two years oh, okay. earlier. This is a concealed and, carry permit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I never filled it out because I didn't know him know him i thought i had a good character of him but i didn't know him so uh after that comment it was a little bit alarming i've known him for nine years i don't think he would really put a bullet in the dog's head he's an animal lover has multiple animals in the house but little alarming that he said that comment in front of the kids Mm -hmm. i didn't confront him about it and a few days later a couple days ago he said when was the last time you walked the village of Lake George, which is a, a village close to us here? And I said, well, last year, and a general conversation. And he's like, well, did you see how many black people and Hispanics and yeah. are walking there? I'm not comfortable walking that those streets anymore. Mm. And then he made a comment about the neighbors that moved in across the street, how, well, why, why would anybody let black people move into our neighborhood? So this is just recent, okay? And I never knew that, never had a chance to have a conversation like this because we, we we don't have them in the neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, until now. Mm-hmm. So my wife is taking on, she's she runs a daycare, but she's taking on some after-school kids. And there's an Asian one that she's talking to. There's an African-American. And so now we're alarmed that the comment about the bullet in the head uh-huh. of the dog and these comments coming up very alarming. I thought I knew this guy better than I did. And was there, and how do I proceed from here? How do I confront him? How do I, do I, I looked at houses to buy a new house mm-hmm. last night. And I don't know if I'm overreacting mm-hmm. uh, and what the next steps are. Okay. But I, I didn't judge his character properly. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you did the best that you could. So, Here's a, a, a meta distinction that will serve everyone and certainly has been serving me quite recently. It's something that's been on my mind. And that is the idea of... Thanks for the question, by the way, Bill. This is perfect. Uh, and it's directly related to management and working with anyone. You know, if you interact with people, this distinction is for you. And that is around disappointment. Has it been your experience that Imagine a graph that charts the amount of time you've known someone and the likelihood of disappointment. Isn't it true that the longer you know someone, 
the more likely you are to experience disappointment. Maybe not profound disappointment, maybe not deal-breaking disappointment, maybe a disappointment you can shrug off that's no big deal. That's not my neighbor threatened to shoot a dog in front of children. You know, not something so significant. But isn't it true that you meet someone, the first hour goes really well, the second hour goes really well, and but at a certain point, isn't it true that they will disappoint you? Right? You're going to have an expectation that they don't meet. That's going to happen. Have any of you ever experienced someone not disappointing you over a lot of time? Right? Eventually, some need you have, some want you have, again, it may be slight, it may be significant, but you're not going to get what you need or want. You can't control that. That's the first thing to get is that you have no control over whether or not they'll disappoint you. They will. Just take that in for a second. Everyone in your life either already has disappointed you and they will again, or it's just a matter of time before they disappoint you. Really soak that in for a second. You can't control that. You can't control other people. And you can't pre-know people so well that you only allow people into your life who you, you know, vet properly. You go, okay, this person, they're not going to disappoint me. All right, I'll get close to them. I mean, you could try. Just like when you hire someone, you try to do that. But you make these decisions with limited information, inevitably. And they will disappoint you. So when you do vet someone whether you're hiring or marrying or whatever, you're choosing a person in your life. All you can do is the best diligence that you can so that when they do disappoint you, because they will, it's within acceptable tolerances. When related to neighbors, I have two great neighbors and one neighbor who is mentally ill. I was talking with one of my really great neighbors about this other guy. The first time I met him, I wandered onto his property line. I've got two acres. He has 13. And there's this funky thing where there's this one side without a fence. And he told me, well, if you just follow the fence line, you know, you'll find the pin in the corner there. Well, I didn't get that he meant, I didn't get what he meant. There's the fence curves and he meant follow the line where the fence disappears, not follow the actual fence. So I wander onto his land and it's, you know, jungle and brush and stuff. And I had to get through it with a machete. And he hears me thinking I'm a pig, which we have out here, and uh, calls out to me. And I say, Oh, Gary, is that you? Yeah, it's Joseph. Oh, okay. And we're having a friendly conversation. And then um, I'm walking back and there's an avocado tree that I have right on my side of the fence that's leaning on his side. And he goes, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but avocados are poisonous to horses. He's got a couple of horses. He said, I'll give you a hundred bucks to take this tree out. You know, it's just like a 15, 20 foot tree. And I said, you know, oh, well, let me think about that. It's one of the only fruit producing uh, avocados I have. And he said, yeah, it's either that or I'll just kill it myself. And I, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> And I said, and how would you do that? Uh, sort of semi-reflexively, which was, I'm glad I was grateful. It was a good question. He said, oh, I just reach over and, you know, and inject some poison into it. And I said, uh-huh. And he's, you know, like 
220, he's from Texas, was a Vietnam vet. He's got this kind of like, he, well, he's a bully. He's a bully. If you know the Enneagram, uh, he's an eight. And eights, basically, all most bullies, they, they push boundaries in order to know where to stop. So if you don't draw a line with them, they'll just keep going. So uh, later on, I, I drew some lines with him about, around that. So I was disappointed. Like, ah, oh, I have this crappy neighbor. And uh, my, one of my good neighbors said, well, you can't choose your neighbors. And I love that idea. You can't choose your neighbors. You really don't. You'd like to think that you can. You can choose where you live, but you can't choose your neighbors. And your neighbors are going to disappoint you. It's just going to happen. Every single person in your life, even the closest people to you, they're going to disappoint you. So the question is what? If you cannot control whether or not you get disappointed... How you deal with it. Yes. You can control your reaction to it. More specifically, now there's the specific content of how am I going to deal with this specific disappointment, but there's a larger question of how are you going to relate to disappointment in general? Are you going to put a should on it? Oh man, I'm sad and depressed because my neighbor shouldn't have threatened felony destruction of property the first moment I met him. Well, who says he shouldn't have? Oh, I really wanted him to be such and such, but he's not. How are you going to relate to disappointment in general? Are you going to relate to its inevitability? Or are you going to operate inside a fantastical should where you think you should be able to go through life without experiencing disappointment? Because unconsciously, Bill, and I, you, you spoke to it really well, you illustrated it really beautifully, and I know exactly what you mean. I've got it too. There's this like, ah, oh, I really thought I knew you, right? We say that, ah, oh, I thought I knew they did such and such. I thought I knew them. You didn't know them. You had a lot of experience of them, right? And then we laminate having lots of experience of someone with knowing them. But at any moment, any person can act so irrationally and out of character that you will say, oh, I thought I knew them. Think about how many people in your life have done that. It's often a majority. You know, We even have expressions to account for this. Well, they're not themselves today. Well, who are they being then? Someone else? No, that's them. It's just them in that moment. Even when we say someone is racist, for example, they're not racist 100% of the time, probably. They're just racist here and there. That doesn't excuse it, but it doesn't mean that's who they are. An angry person isn't angry all the time. A deeply caring person isn't deeply caring all the time. A helpful person, not helpful all the time, not 100% of the time. So when you really start to look at the reality of the situation, if you're starting to say to yourself, well, then I don't really know anyone at all. Now you're on the trail. That's true. That's what's true. You don't know anyone at all. You have history and experience that you extrapolate into the future that is completely made up 
right? Like they say in the finance world, past performance is not an indication of future results. That's the case with human beings. Your past experience is not an indication of future results. But the extrapolation kind of works, right? So we do it. Well, you know, except when it doesn't. Well, for the last nine years, this guy hasn't said anything racist and suddenly he starts saying racist things, right? But also what, what worked was like, well, for the past nine years, this guy has had skill with small engines and he continues to. That works. He doesn't just forget, right? He might or might lose interest or might say, I don't want to help you do that anymore. That could happen. But just to realize that disappointment is what happens when our minds discover that they were wrong, which is inevitable. Because your picture of reality is not reality. So the the best way of relating to disappointment is sort of like, well, it's up to you. But what I'd say is disappointment is like, oh, didn't expect that. Hmm. A kind of wonder. Not quite delight because you're not necessarily going to be happy about it. But oh, didn't realize that about that person. But when you go into the realm of, wow, I thought I knew them. Now you're, you're oversubscribed to your picture, right? You, you believed the picture that you made up. You believed the fantasy that you made up. This person is this and this and this. They're a good person. Oh man, now they're complaining about non-white people moving in near to me. Well, now they're not a good person. Everybody's flawed. So, and understandable, and disappointment is a powerful thing. So it's totally understandable to start having fantasies about, uh, you know, God, maybe I need to move. I've got a racist, you know, gun nut as a neighbor. Well, in some moments you have a racist gun gun nut as a neighbor. How many moments is that? Is it 1% of the time? Or is it 98% of the time? You know, there are KKK rallies, you know, and you can see the flames from your window. Might want to consider moving, right? But if every just if every once in a while, you know, he says something kind of stupid. I say something kind of stupid every once in a while, you know, I'm not condemning myself for it. I even say things that are racist every once in a while. I catch myself. Oh man, that's a race. I'm from an all white town in Massachusetts. That, that's part of my conditioning. I have racist thoughts all the time. I'm usually pretty good about not acting on them or not believing them. I mean, racism is just like, you know, the inheritance of uh, culture in this, in this country. That's, that's a sort of side note. That's the, that's the problem. That's why it doesn't go away. It's because White people won't admit that it's all in all of us and there's not really anything you can do about it except for managing it, managing it at the level of action. That's a side note though. So anyway, is this helping this thing on disappointment? The disappointment's still there. Mm. It's teaching me that I have to understand that you are going to be disappointed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The disappointment will not go away. And, and if you, with any emotion, if you have a grasp at it, like, oh, I'm happy. Oh, I want to stay happy. How do I stay happy? That's a recipe for suffering. 
Or if you have a emotion that you don't like and you push it away, oh, I'm disappointed. Ah, oh, this sucks. I hate being disappointed. What am I going to do? Should I move because so I don't have to feel disappointed? You know, that's a pushing away of the emotion, and that's a recipe for suffering as well. And there's a really narrow window in between for relating to any thought or feeling that is neither grasping nor pushing away. And it can take a really long time to find that narrow window. But oh boy, is it worth finding because that's where freedom is. Freedom where your neighbor, you accept him exactly as he is. Oh, he's a helpful, friendly, occasional racist gun nut guy, depending on the moment. For nine years, seemed like a really good guy. Starting to get to know him a little bit more. He's got some flaws. So does everybody. So do I. Now, how do I navigate this with him? From that place, you ask that question, do I and how do I confront him? From that place, from the he's okay exactly as he is, first. Second, I have some preferences about how I would like him to be. And I have some preferences about how I would like him to behave. So you might say, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm as much for the Second Amendment as the next guy. But you might want to not talk so much about shooting dogs when there are kids around. But if you're coming from this abject disappointment of like, oh, man, he's crazy, then you're going to have kind of an edge on that. It might come out as a judgment. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.